As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. But there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Victoria Dolbaum, current design lead at Bungie. So join us as we explore her journey. This episode of Dev Diary has been recorded at PAX Australia 2019, and as such, there might be an occasional burst of background noise that simply couldn't be avoided. So please, bear with us and enjoy the episode. Thank you again. So today I'm joined by Victoria. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Um, how's your time in PAX and Australia so far going? It's been great. Uh, we've seen a lot of cool things. Uh, there's a lot of great people here, a lot of excited fans. Really supportive fans, as we discussed yes. beforehand as well. So. Definitely. Um, how long are you staying? Uh, I'm staying to, through Monday. Sounds good. Enjoy everything that Melbourne brings. I'm personally a local, so I love this place and I hope you do too. You have a suggestion of something to go see? Um, I mean, it's, it's weird. like most people when it comes to Melbourne, because people keep claiming Melbourne is the sporting capital of Australia and all yeah. that sort of thing, but it's kind of the off season for everything. So the stadiums are impressive, but they're empty. <laughs> so I don't know if sports your thing at all, but um, hockey. Okay. I'm, yeah, actually, I'm a bit of a hockey fan as well. I don't see much of it, but I quite yeah. like what I do see. So um, maybe you've convinced me to watch a little bit more off the back of this. Win-win. Yeah. Definitely. So this is Dev Diary, a series we talk to developers from all around the globe about their experiences through the gaming industry so far. We share a few stories and kind of and eventually lead to what, what is currently occupying your time. But before we get to that, let's rewind back to the very beginning. What were your first gaming experiences like pre, pre-development days? So my first gaming experiences were actually uh, arcades, uh, you know, video yep. game arcades and casinos. Yeah, okay. Uh, my parents like to go to casinos, so I spent a lot of time in arcades, uh, playing pinball and just basic, you know, arcade games like yeah. off, off-road and Rampage and things like that. Well, there's some good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did things kind of lead from there? Because I assume maybe you got the bug a little bit at that point? Uh, so, so actually, going back even further a little bit, my parents actually met at Atari. So, uh, well. <laughs> yeah, my mother was a tester and my, my father was an engineer. Yeah, okay. uh, they met there, and so I've, I've always had pretty free access to, to games my whole life. Um, they got me a Nintendo pretty early, um, and then a Sega Genesis. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, haven't had, I didn't have all the systems, but they were, they were pretty, pretty lax with what I was able to play, so I got to play a lot of games. So were there any particular ones that really grabbed you, some think franchises or particular games that you really latched onto? Um, so this is going to be a little silly. Uh, so Not necessarily, I started, trust I me. I've heard playing, some interesting things on the show so far. <laughs> I started playing a lot of like JRPGs. That's and, exactly where I started this. And then, and then I thought, oh, like this, this is the thing I want to do. I want to work on JRPGs. That's not a really realistic thing for you know just random, yep. yeah, random, random college student in the U.S. Uh, so um, particular games like particular JRPGs that were really impactful for you. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII, I think. Yeah. Okay. So you'd be stoked to see that remaster recently? And yes, I, I have but. it. I, I played it on the plane a little bit. Um, and then, so going from there, I realized that probably wasn't a viable career path for me. I did work at um, Konami and Sega. Um, in a QA capacity, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I'd wake up at 4, so I lived in San Jose and, and Sega was in San Francisco. I'd wake up at 4 a.m. to get on the train, yeah. take that over there, work the whole day and then ride it back. 
Um, this is very interesting. I worked on Fantasy Star Online, doing QA there. Yep, the the um, GameCube version specifically. Is that yes. right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And so, I kind of transitioned to the space where I was working on games that had a lot of MMO elements or progression. So yep. Fantasy Star Online. Uh, I got really deeply into Final Fantasy XI. Yes. Right, and so Final Fantasy XI is kind of like my baby. Like the thing, yeah, okay, I, the thing I always go back to. It feels like home to me, um, and I think that influences a lot of my design today. Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. Um, obviously, yeah. You mentioned Fantasy Star Online. There was a few others that you messed around with throughout your time doing QA for both Sega and um, Konami. There, there was some Castlevania and Pro Evo and a few yeah. others. Were there any other games that really? I don't know, I guess QA is a weird sort of space in that regard because you're, you're spending so much time with these games that maybe they can be a little bit overbearing, but were there any others that really clicked with you over that journey? That uh, maybe not clicked with me, but the most memorable experience I think I've ever had is oh, uh, <laughs> working at Sega, working on uh, NFL 2K, yep. um, and then having to test, I think it's like eight or ten player multiplayer. And, oh, right, okay. Uh, it was a bunch of guys, and they were pretty rowdy, and then like trying to have two separate teams and actually play a football game with all of these people it was very difficult uh people just trying to trade insults i think one person one person scored on his own team and then somebody said who's (laughs) who's yellow who did that and we just nobody nobody spoke up and it all just fell apart (laughs) at that point yes i guess there's some good experiences whether the games necessarily clicked or not there's some good positives so i guess to come out of that right um but obviously you did speak about how fantasy star and final Mm -hmm. fantasy 11 those sort of games MMOs were kind of your thing, I guess, at that particular mm-hmm. point, point. Um, and that you kind of transitioned into peri- into a period there where you were mess- uh, you were working in online community representative for Square Enix. And yeah, so network culture. I, wor- I worked at, at Square Enix and uh, worked on things like the events that we were we were having for the fans. Yep. you know, fan events. Uh, it was it was a really interesting experience because it was a it was a different job at a Japanese studio because I worked at you know Konami and Sega. Yep. But it was a, a different job, different than QA, because QA you're kind of pretty isolated from yeah, yeah. a lot of the devs, at least on the Japanese side, because all their devs are in Japan. Uh, for Square Enix, it was a little different because it was the community team and it was like interacting with fans, and I, r- I really enjoyed that. Um, and well, especially with I guess very community centric games that we're talking about in the forms of yes. Final Fantasy XI and those sorts of games. Were they the one? Was that one <clears> that you were working on? Yeah, so so Final Fantasy XI is like the ultimate social game where you you basically need people to do anything. Yeah. Right? So by the time you get to about level ten, you need you know six people six people to play together yeah. to try to even level. So putting together parties is like an incredible feat. <laughs> Having a guild that could do things together, a link shell, uh, also incredible feat. Yeah. And trying to keep people together and mo- like the monsters that you're trying to kill or claim spawn anytime during the day like on a 21 hour window so yes. like you have to wake up at 2 30 in the morning to try to because wait it's for happened, this. Yeah. yes because that's when it's going to happen so but i guess then in that role you do you serve as kind of a bridge for some of those people that may not be able to get a, a six-person party together for example is that is that part of the role at all and kind of linking people and communities in so different i ways? think i think for me personally so i was i was a link shell leader and I had a pretty big link shell at the time. Uh, I think it was over the span of maybe four years. Yep. Um, probably had at any given time. You can only have 64 people in chat at the same yep. time. So if you had more people log in, you actually couldn't have them in the group. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think we probably had... Constraints at the time. About 100 people at a time. Not not concurrently, but 
the guild is about 100 people at any given time. Um, and I think it kind of like inspired how I manage people today and yeah. how I how I see like social systems within games and there it like it's almost a game in itself managing people and trying yes. to like get people to show up for things and and you know even in destiny now like what does it mean for something to be match made versus non match made yeah. what are you asking players to do what are the kinds of experiences you want them to have like and do you want them to have those with people that they trust and know or do you want to be like this is an introduction what does it look like right? if you're meeting up with random people as opposed right. to a community that you know it's a really interesting i guess extra layer on top of the quote-unquote normal development process that mm -hmm. I guess you can only really think of when you're developing those sorts of games. Um, there was a period there where you were working at Carbine Studios. Would mm -hmm. that have been Wildstar? Yes, yep. I did work on Wildstar. Um, what, was, what was that time like? Uh, it was really interesting because that was my first real job in the industry as a designer. Yeah. Um, I was working under... How did you find your way in? Um, so I had graduated from USC, the Interactive yep. Media Program. It's, that program is really big now. Yeah. Or US, US uh, yeah, even over games. here, I've heard the name before. Yes, yeah. it's really big. Uh, that's actually, a, it's a really great program now. It's really diverse. I think their diversity is like 50% male, female. Fantastic. So, I mean, I've never seen that anywhere before. So yeah. it's, it's really amazing. Um, I came down to look at their their games program to where they show off their projects at the end of the year. Yep. And we actually ended up hiring one of the students there. Oh, great. So she just, she started last month and she's That's doing awesome. great. Um, so it's just a really great feeder school in that regard to, yes. I guess, not just Bungie, but other studios as well, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so after graduating from USC, um, I applied for, I, I knew I wanted to work in MMOs, so I was trying to find out what was around me because I was kind of in yeah. the Los Angeles area. Carbine was in uh, Aliso Viejo, which is kind of west of Irvine, and... It was kind of like a new studio, so they were trying to figure out like what exactly they were trying to do. Yeah. Or what, what did they wanted to make? An identity and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and I had applied for a housing designer position, um, which we knew we wanted housing. We yep. didn't know what that would look like because we didn't know what the rest of the game looked like. So it was very early. Um, I was designing my uh, my boss was Tim Kane yep. uh, from Fallout. Yep. Um, and he's a really cool guy. I've heard uh, good things. I haven't yes. had anything to do with him myself, but I've heard really good things. He's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we took a long time to make that game. Um, the housing system, I think, is, is really excellent. Um, right. Players made all kinds of things that I never even dreamed of making. I think I saw a replica of like the Starship Enterprise there. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's, yeah. that's a good start. <laughs> Were there any for you, I mean, as you said, it's your first um, opportunity, I guess, in that design space. Uh, were there any particular challenges that you personally experienced as opposed to the whole studio? Any maybe you struggled to grapple with or get your head around at first? Um, it's, one, it's one of those sort of tricky things that even on reflection to kind of go back, oh, yeah, hang on, right. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest challenge was the other designers around me were also new. Yeah, okay. So we were all kind of like exploring the space together. Okay. Yeah, that, I guess that's tricky. But at the same time, it would probably take you off in really exciting directions as well as you're all spinning off and learning these great things together. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously, there was the, the studio closure then. Al, you, you'd obviously left at that particular point. But, yeah, um, I, left, I left around the 2015? time. Yeah, Destiny 
was working on uh, Dark Below. Yeah. Um, so obviously yeah, you, you left at the end of 2015, um, but then the closure happened a few years later and you would have, I assume, had a few friends that were wrapped up in that. How did that kind of sit with you? Did was there any Were there any signs to you, even when you left, that things might have he- been heading that way or did it come a bit, bit of a shock to you? So I had left a little after the studio actually did a la- large layoff. Yeah. Um, and they did let go of a fair number of my friends who'd worked there. Um, a lot of them actually went off to Germany yeah, okay. to do work there, which was interesting. Um, I think most of them have come back at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, I had a few friends still working at the studio, and I think it was it's a pretty sad situation, but I think the game just didn't do as well as we hoped. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a real shame when those sort of things happen. I guess it's a realistic part of the industry from time to time, but it led to you finding your way to Bungie. Yeah. It's been pretty rosy since, I think it's fair to say. Yes, I think, <laughs> I think I would say Bungie is the best place I've ever worked. That's awesome to hear. But you've gone through a few different roles over that time. So I've got listed a character <clears throat> investment designer, which mm-hmm. is one that I feel like I need to ask about because I'm not sure what that job actually entails. What is, what is that So I think like? I think what that would be called in any other studio is a systems designer. Okay, right. Um, but spe- more specifically, rewards and economy. Okay. So... How, you know, how players get their rewards, what rewards should they be getting, like what currencies should they be getting, um, and how to get players engaged in what they are, what they're doing. Like, yeah, okay. you know, anybody can just give you an item, but like, what is an interesting way for me to receive that item in a way yeah. that it, I walk away with the story about how I got that item? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, because I was, I looked at the character investment one. Character. I, I see other roles that you've all taken on since being senior designer and now design lead. Right. That, they all kind of make sense to me. They're, I guess, more kind of generic titles in, in right. many ways. Um, but, yeah, character investment, I was really <laughs> curious about. So thank you for clearing that one up. How does that role change and develop for you then over those years as you move through those different roles? So throughout the whole time, I, it's, I would say, like, the investment design part of it is still, like, my discipline. Yeah. So as, as I move up, you know, to senior designer, design lead, I'm still honing that expertise in yeah. those areas and still mentoring and uh, designing in those those spaces. Yeah. Um, let's say, for example, uh, in Black Armory, I worked with uh, VB to help design the weapon frames oh, okay. system. Yep. Um, and then also for the first uh, Solstice, uh, worked on the armor set. Yeah, okay. Great. Um, did uh, those little transitions and like you said you were still kind of honing your craft in that mm-hmm. one particular space anyway but you're obviously as a nature of moving up the pecking order you're also I guess overseeing other people's work at the same did was that transition a fairly easy one for you did you find some difficulties in that that you're suddenly having to find yourself getting involved <coughs> in other I guess disciplines within uh, I would say specifically at Bungie everybody is pretty great like yeah. the disciplines work really well together yeah. and, and everybody is really talented um I'd say, like, as I move up, the thing that actually influenced me is actually, like, being a Link Shell leader in Final yeah, Fantasy XI, okay. right? Like, how to manage people, how to um, make sure that, you know, morale is, is good and people yeah. are liking what they're building and, and that they feel like they're contributing to the game in a positive way. Yeah, great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then still still kind of with my, my slant on, like, rewards and investment and, and those kinds of designers. Yeah, understood. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. 
MMOs have kind of become, I guess, your life in different ways. Now, obviously, Destiny's, I guess, not your pure MMO in the traditional sense, sure. but certainly has a lot of MMO aspects to it, I suppose. Uh, what is it for you that kind of makes them so energising to work on? What, what is it that's kind of drawn you to it? Given that we said before, you know, JRPGs at the beginning were what you really wanted to focus on, and that's twisted and kind of changed over the years. What is it for MMOs, about MMOs, sorry, that really clicks with you? I think there's a couple different things. I think there's a social aspect. I think a lot of the players that I played Final Fantasy XI with are still yeah. playing with me in different games. And the games that we tend to gravitate towards are those games with either MMO elements or progression, those kind of progression style elements. Yeah. Um, and I really like that MMOs have a space for a bunch of different types of players who have different objectives. Like there's players who are like intensely competitive and want to kill yeah. each other. Um, and then there's players who just want to fill bars players who want to collect everything and put everything on a shelf and make sure that and they show everybody what for all those looking. people yes that's yeah that's great are there other games out there um that you kind of look at in some way for inspiration from time to time whether it's i guess if we look at some parallels in the space we might be talking the division and those sorts of titles but are there other franchises from other developers or publishers <laughs> that you kind of look at and I guess you, and I assume probably they're doing the same sort of thing, looking at what's happening with Destiny, maybe drawing little threads as well. But are there any others out there that you look at and go, oh, you know, that's a great idea. How can we work a system like that into what we're doing? I would, I would say that everything does lead back to Final Fantasy XI and yeah, Fantasy okay. Star Online. So uh, I do play a lot of the more recent stuff to get an idea of whatever, whatever the is doing. But I think there's there's some nugget of like nostalgia everybody has when looking yeah. back on like the old MMO, so like World of Warcraft, vanilla, right? Which everybody, which everyone's excited latching onto about, about yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy XI, Fantasy Star, like those games. Uh, there's some elements of nostalgia that like you look back and you're, and even though there's some of those things are like miserable, like things yeah. you never want to do again, right? Like I never want to wake up at two thirty in the morning on Christmas Eve to kill a dragon. Um, there's there's some elements in there that can be translated into new systems, yeah. um, and still still give you that feeling of this is very familiar, almost like almost like a muscle memory feeling. Yeah. Of like this is very familiar and comfortable to me, but I'm experiencing it in a new way that's interesting. Yeah, okay, great. Now, as we kind of start to wind things up, so we're starting to run a little bit low on time. We'll kind of get a bit, I guess, more you focused again, if if you don't mind. Um, is there anyone out there, and you've, you've obviously mentioned a few names of people that you've worked with over the journey so far, but is there anyone out there in particular that really inspires you personally, you look up to and, you know, and their work maybe and want to emulate in some sort of way, or at least you, you know, pull little things from the way they go about their, their work? Uh, it's interesting because it's, it sounds... You might be working with them. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a, a bungee thing, but like definitely Pete Parsons. Like there's, yeah. there's something about Pete Parsons that... You know, when when we go into a studio meeting and Pete is, is like, here's all the things we're doing and we're so proud of everybody for doing these things. It feels really genuine and you feel like Pete really cares about the product yeah. we're making and the people who, who are making this product. And uh, he's just very inspiring. Great. Um, are there any, is there anyone kind of externally that you look at and be like, I'd love to work with that person in some capacity, whether that's, you know, dangling the carrot and luring them to come work with you or you know if your paths just somehow crossed somewhere in the future anyone that you look at and you'd really like to work alongside that person in some capacity hmm. i don't know any if anybody in particular like i think a lot of people will go for like big names of like yeah. i really want to work with this person but i think there's been so many great people who are just down in the you know trenches, the trenches like building building the stuff like they're all great like yeah. i've worked with so many awesome artists and and designers and ui ui designers and artists like engineers like they're also great like i would say like we at carbine studios 
we had two engineers that were twins okay and they they were amazing right like yeah. i loved one of them worked with me on housing and he just he just made the most amazing things yeah okay um i guess it's, i guess it's one of those things too that i mean bungie for a long long time now before even since before you even arrived has you know got this great history of just excellent title after excellent title after excellent title and i guess that doesn't happen without having a pretty awesome team that underpins the whole thing so so i can i completely understand that response have there been for you any um you know particularly valuable lessons or challenges that you've had to overcome that you've really maybe grappled with over the journey uh i would say there's a challenge in that destiny 2 is not specifically exactly like destiny 1 it yeah. is a different game right and so it can be challenging if you are super into destiny 1 to then say like just, just like a player to say oh yeah i'm gonna buy into destiny 2 because this is this is the new like the thing we're making yeah um, and I think there, there are some elements, just like, just like those old MMOs, there's some elements of Destiny 1 that are like very like caked in nostalgia. Yeah. And there's things that we look back with very fondly. Um, even like the opening of D2 is like, here's all the friends that I've yeah, you know, defeated all let's of get them all together, these yeah. like old raids with. Um, and those moments are like very like inspiring and like, you know, touch my heart, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I think we're going to get there with Destiny too, and there's going to be those moments where, you know, if if we ever do something like that opening of D one for yeah. D two, like I think we'll people will see that like D two is in their hearts the same way. Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time with um, with the original Destiny. I didn't. It was one of those cases where just life circumstance at the time meant that I didn't um, really dive into any of the additional content down the line. I think I went as far as maybe the first raid, and then that might have been it. Um, and Destiny 2, I kind of went down the same path. But then, a lot, especially recently, a lot of the changes have been made. They've flushed me back out, and you, you know, I've come back in the door, and I've been diving through all this content. And obviously, there's a lot of a lot of really large scale changes that have been made recently with the the free version there, and um, and how you're, I guess, the accessibility of the game to millions and millions of people now, as opposed to what it was before. And I think it's all fantastic and I guess it really bodes well for whatever comes next whether that's you know more DLC or a three I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and flush anything out out of you in that <laughs> right. regard I know that I'm gonna hiding to nothing if I try and push down that path but whatever comes next like that's a I, I think purely as an external observer um, it really bodes well as far as I'm concerned it's looking great so um, any particularly treasured memories that you've kind of developed over the journey and you really look back on fondly maybe you're having that really rough day and you know, things may be a bit difficult and you've got that one thing that you really latch on to uh, I really liked working on D1 at the end of D1 kind of after the Taken King through the end of Destiny 1 yeah. um, I think that was a really great time we we did a lot of interesting uh, experiments within the game yeah. uh, we made a bunch of holidays that didn't exist before so it, it was really cool to Get a little silly with it and yeah. do things like Eris has raisins, yeah, okay, yeah. right? Um, or you know, ghosts in Halloween costumes. Yeah. Like, I think we hadn't explored that space before because Destiny was very serious. Yes, um, so it's then, a big change of pace. And then otherwise. and then starting to breach into that, and then in Destiny Two, you see like people drinking tea and pushing swing sets and like all the different yeah, all the fun petting stuff a chicken. Like. like, there's there's lots of silly things now in Destiny, um, and I think. It has its place, like the seriousness has its place and the silliness has its place. But I think that time was really great for me because we had a really awesome team. Like, and that team mostly still works together yeah. on seasonal stuff today. Um, but 
it was it was kind of pioneering that stuff of like what is festival of the lost yeah. what is the dawning and trying to ask those and answer those questions and i'd imagine like you're talking about you know i guess some of the more fun enjoyable things for the player to experience but i'd imagine by extension they're some of the more enjoyable parts of development as well to actually build those things when I mean, you can kind of t as you said take things a little less seriously and presumably have a bit more fun with it would that be better right? yeah being being able to do things like oh we're going to put in an easter egg or yeah. you know some hit, some hidden content for people or secret like trying to guess like how long it's going to take players to figure this out yeah. and 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 then sitting know, back and they... watching when they inevitably get it in like an hour or two and you yes, can't believe how they've always. done it <laughs> Yes. There's always that one person, right? Yeah, but, you know, I think Bungie always has a lot of secrets in our game, yeah. and it's, that's, that's part of the fun of being a developer and being able to, to do those things yeah, and, sneak and things get in. those little moments from your players yeah. of, like, I found a thing, what is this? Let's all figure it out there's together. There's a mystery that then builds around that. Yes. That's, that's great. Now, I think I know the answer to this next question. Um, it's the last one I've kind of built into as a staple of questions these days. Uh, if there was any one game that's ever existed, that you could be credited for in some capacity firstly is it final fantasy 11 yes probably <laughs> um and i i think we I, I think we know that then yeah i mean I don't, I don't even know that i need any credit for it like i think even i think special thanks i think no i mean i think as a player like you are building a space in this world and building a narrative around yourself yeah. of like we are guild leaders there's there's like you know a bunch of other rival guilds and there's a story that's building yeah. between these people and there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of narrative that's actually not built by the game developers yes. it's actually like built by the players yeah. um and so i was just happy to be a participant in that in the time when it was relevant i think yeah, now, nowadays i think people play on you know servers and try to recreate that experience in it i don't i don't think it's quite the same awesome uh, and I guess the last thing, uh, if people listening today wish to, um, I guess, follow up on you specifically, what, what you're doing and keep in touch in any way and track the progress of you slash the game, where would they be best to go? Hmm. We can obviously start with the game if, that, if that's a little bit easier. Um, where would people want to, like, if they were learning more about Destiny? Yeah, so I think, I think the best place to see the work that my team and I are doing is to look at the seasonal content that is being released in yeah. Destiny. Um, we're trying to go for more continuity and evolving world that players will experience yeah. and so you'll see things like Ikora is having you fight the Vex yes. and she's now building something behind her and, and as time goes on you'll figure out what that is yeah. and then how it feeds into the next season great well Victoria it's been awesome to have you on the show today thank you very much for sharing your story so far and as, al as always listeners thank you very much for listening see you thank later you. thank you That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you would like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Victoria's Story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.